Cyber Monday. JetBlue, Warby Parker, Rent the Runway, and United Airlines all on this week's episode of News Entrepreneur's Experience. Let's get started on this week's episode of News That Entrepreneurs Experience. My name is Dylan Gallagher, and this is my weekly podcast where I expand upon some of the news headlines that I found that I was able to uh, do a little write-up on my blog about, and then uh, take this podcast to uh, work with those ideas a little bit more in an attempt to try and give entrepreneurs something practical that they can take from what's going on in other businesses that are trying to fix, fund, or grow their activities. And uh, that's done because, uh, or I do this rather, because I think it's uh, pretty tough being an entrepreneur. It can be a very lonely place. There's not a lot of places for you to bounce ideas and maybe get some new ideas or get some information that is tailored to you. And uh, I get the good fortune of chatting with and working with entrepreneurs every single day. And I find myself talking about uh, recent news headlines as a way to give illustrations about how to make better decisions and how to have context to the problems or the challenges that uh, entrepreneurs might be facing. And so this podcast is my opportunity to expand on those ideas a little bit in hopes that it's going to benefit somebody else. And so you can see what I'm going to talk about on the podcast by subscribing to uh, my blog. I try to post every day during the week, Monday through Friday, and then wrap it up with this podcast episode, which is um, my way just to talk out loud about what it was I was writing during the week. So let's get started with the first one. This past um, week, there were a bunch of articles that came out about Cyber Monday And uh, the month of November is a pretty big uh, month in the United States, certainly, uh, between the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. November is the month when if uh, you've been fortunate enough as a business to make it all the way through the year, November and December are the two months where you actually put profit to your bottom line. So the The basic logic is if you can run your business January through October and pay all your bills, that by the time... November and December roll around, you are in the black, not in the red, because you are making nothing but moolah. What I thought was interesting about Cyber Monday, aside from just the crazy amount of money that gets spent uh, in the economy, is I was able to just sort of, you know, I I thought about it from the perspective of, you know, you know, sales doubling and and, uh, tripling and how amazing that would be as an entrepreneur. And, uh, and how it takes commitment and focus to be able to even, you know, try and touch those kinds um, of results. And so, um, uh, what I had, what I had ex- sort of taken the time to write about on the blog was that uh, entrepreneurs, I think, think about trying to reach for the stars, but often don't hit the ground running and. Uh, and try to do that every uh, single single day. You know, they often lack a big vision that they're trying to uh, work towards. And so, um, 
because this, you know, that one some bunch of the articles I was reading talked about how how sales were, you know, ten billion dollars up from eight billion the year before. That you know, seventy five percent of sales were on mobile devices, and I, you know, who would have thought a decade ago that that would have even been possible? But there's like this hint that I found through all of these headlines, and uh, the, the kind of the one article that. I took my cue from was Nordstrom, Walmart, and Target had these massive increases year over year. And uh, I thought that was interesting because Amazon is kind of uh, king of the jungle out there when it comes to online e-commerce. But these physical retail locations have figured out a way to combine the online experience with a physical location, uh, something that I have talked about in uh, other podcast episodes about other companies that are learning and figuring out how to do the same thing. And it almost feels like, I don't know, Amazon took advantage of a massive opportunity in the market to exploit the online newness and nature of of customer shopping. And they really did reach for the stars when they did that. but now that's sort of become old news and other retail, other companies that sell to consumers are figuring out how to combine both the online experience with a physical retail experience. And so kind of what I, what stood out to me was for entrepreneurs that, you know, you're running your business, you're doing your thing, but you do, it can be worth it, I think, to figure out how to reach for the stars, how to have a vision so big um, that maybe you never attain it, but you constantly strive towards it. And kind of the punchline was that if these large retailers who by their very definition are bureaucratic and slow moving, that if they're able to take market share away from a company like Amazon, that has really done an amazing job, um, capitalizing on what has been, uh, you know, this new way to do business, e-commerce, internet, over the the past couple of decades, that if these large behemoth, slow-moving companies can do it, then you as an entrepreneur, you can find a way to go into the market to compete and to double and triple your revenue and to just hit, hit crazy targets that you never thought possible. You know, there's that old saying that you get exactly where you're planning to get to. And so if you are planning for nothing, then that's exactly what your bottom line is going to look like, nothing. But if you always are reaching for something specific, uh, something that can be defined or at least measured against, then chances are that you could probably one day be saying, yeah, you know, we did double our revenue. We did triple our revenue in the face of impossible odds like these big retailers trying to go up against Amazon. Um, But we did it nonetheless, and we were able to stay focused. We were able to keep our wits about us as we went ahead and, you know, took market share from our competitors or found new markets to go and find new customers in. So this whole Cyber Monday, Black Friday, month of November, just got me thinking about entrepreneurs and how you do get what you're looking for. And if you're looking for nothing, you're going to find that uh, in your bottom line. But if you've got a vision and you can shoot for the stars and you can try to reach for something every single day that might be unattainable, but it keeps you keeps you reaching, then you might be surprised at what targets you hit along the way. And those targets can be pretty amazing, like you know, doubling, tripling your revenue, um, or doing whatever it else, whatever else it is that you might have your your sights set on. Um, the next article I, I found moving around was a bunch of conversation happening about um, JetBlue. And I just, first of all, 
I've had the opportunity to travel JetBlue a bunch of times, take their their upgraded service as well, which was an attempt to compete with some of the other airline providers. And, you know, JetBlue has started like Southwest Airlines by a scrappy uh, serial entrepreneur um, who was able to get the business to a certain point. But then as most businesses do, it got larger and um, it got bureaucratic and and all of the things that made it unique and nimble while it was trying to find its footing uh, no longer work as uh, gimmicks or ways to uh, to grow. And in fact, what has happened is that JetBlue's worked really hard to position itself in the in the airline industry or in the airline marketplace and grab a percentage of the travelers that are that are looking to move from point A to point B. However, um, they're losing. They they're not they're having a hard time growing and uh, taking customers from other airlines um, or just simply finding new customers, uh, period. And so how I thought this related to, how I thought this related to uh, entrepreneurs is um, you may not always have the pizzazz that you need to run uh, your business. Uh, Quite frankly, you might just get tired of it sometimes. You might just decide, look, we've worked really hard to get to this point, um, but to get to the next point, you know, uh, I just, I'm just not interested um, in doing that. So why don't we just rest uh, where we are? And um, in the article that, or sorry, in the blog post that I had wrote, I had said that, you know, sometimes you might think that it's easier just for someone else uh, to run your business. And so when I thought of, when I was reading through kind of JetBlue's challenges, I can just imagine that the entrepreneur that started it, David uh, Neeleman, you know, he probably when he exited stage left, handed it off to professional managers, that was probably a big moment of relief for him. I don't know. I've never heard any interviews about how he felt about that. But I do talk to entrepreneurs every day and even myself. You know, some days you just think, man, I don't want to have all the answers. Um, I don't want to be the one making all of the decisions. Um, you know, I, I'm just in a moment in my business right now where I don't really have um, a lot of a lot of passion, quite frankly. And, um, you know, sometimes you can't figure out a way to capitalize on creativity, but other times you just simply can't find creativity to capitalize on and you just get, get worn out. And it can be tough if you're an entrepreneur because uh, nothing ever stays the same in business and you got to keep looking for that next iteration in your business. And JetBlue is in that moment right now. Um, they're having, you know, challenges with their labor force. They got high fuel costs. They're having a hard time differentiating themselves amongst um, their competitors. So when they started, they worked really hard to be different and carve out a market for themselves. But then they just sort of ran out of steam. And in their, they're going into their third decade of operations right now. And they're a large business. And as a large business, it's really tough to find growth. And so if you're an entrepreneur running a small or medium-sized business, you know, take heart. It's pretty tricky stuff. Um, it, it's, I think, a pretty natural ebb and flow to be excited about your business, but then to have days where you're just like, man, I, <laughs> my mojo, it's gone, and I don't know how to get it back. And so if that happens to be you, don't lose heart. That is part of running a business and being an entrepreneur. Um, but I think, I think the trick is to make sure that you don't stay down for too long and that if you're ever looking for motivation, I hope you'd listen to a podcast like this and get some ideas or read some articles. Or my go-to is to always read a bio- biography of a business person or an entrepreneur that I, th- that I think, in my opinion, 
has done a great job uh, building something or creating something out of nothing. And that usually seems to like reignite the fire and the passion inside of me if I'm going through a bit of a, a bit of a, a rough spot or a, um, a dispassionate <laughs> stage where I'm not excited about what I'm doing. So I think the trick is to make sure that you don't stay down, but you do keep looking for opportunities to be the best uh, provider um, of the service or product that your business offers. And keeping in mind that if you're stuck for ideas, just remember that growing your business, if you're looking for kind of the low-hanging fruit, growing your business always comes from doing what no one else is doing. And so if you need to get out of kind of a crappy moment that you're having as an entrepreneur right now, then the question is, you know, what could you be doing that none of your competitors are doing? Or maybe they're not doing it well. And if JetBlue is struggling... Um, to get their mojo back and you're an entrepreneur struggling to get your mojo back, uh, keep in mind that it doesn't last forever. You're not going to feel this way a couple of months from now or even a couple years from now. So give yourself some time to work through whatever moment you're going through, but then pick yourself up and just get going. The next article, uh, company, example, experience <laughs> that I found that I look to share uh, on my blog this past week was Warby Parker. This is, if you don't know this company, it's certainly worth as an entrepreneur going and taking a look at it. The two folks started it. Uh, three folks, two folks. Anyway, there, there's the, the one fellow that I know of who I've listened to on um, on interviews uh, before, really neat guy. But you know, these guys kind of invented the whole direct to consumer. We'll ship you something for free. If you don't like it, send it back to us. Order it online. We'll make the whole process without friction, and you're going to love us. And they happen to do that in the eyeglass space. And so not only did they sort of help to really invigorate and invent uh, a business uh, model, um, they were able to do it uh, and create kind of these trendy, high-end, uh, affordable, well-priced eyeglasses and they've just nailed it. You know, the entire experience is something that many direct-to-consumer online businesses have either copied or they look to model or they look to as kind of the gold standard for how to do this. So Warby Parker announced that what they have become so good at doing with eyeglasses, they are now going to do with contact lenses. And at first, I thought, hmm, nothing too exciting there. But then as I kind of got thinking about it, I got thinking that, first of all, executing on a business idea is really hard to do. It's easy to talk about ideas. It's hard to execute them for a day, for a week, for a month, and even for years. Execution by entrepreneurs, I think, is one of the trickiest things to master. But if you can master that, then the next challenge you have as an entrepreneur is figuring out how to be profitable. And, um, you know, the failure rate of businesses um, are really high. But if you're an entrepreneur that can figure out how to execute and be profitable, solve and conquer the two biggest challenges in any business, then what you can do is you can benefit from what other businesses leave behind. And I think Warby Parker is an example of that. So, you know, the traditional retail eyeglass uh, providers, uh, you know, they just sort of thought this is, I think, they thought this is how the market and consumers are going to purchase forever. And then Warby, Warby Parker came along and said, you know, we think we can use the internet. We think we can deliver it online. We think we can give people these glasses for free. And if they don't like them, send them back. Anyway, they revolutionized um, how, to, how, to, how consumers purchase glasses. And now, of course, it's just become how everybody does it. And so now they're going to do it with contact lenses. And I don't wear contact lenses. I do wear glasses. I don't wear contact lenses, but my son does. And I know that getting contact lenses 
is really difficult, tons of friction. But Warby Parker thinks, hey, you know, uh, my son's not the only uh, consumer who thinks that. There's lots of other consumers. And so Warby Parker took their skills and their experience and their knowledge, and they're now leveraging it into another vertical, but a complementary one. So their customers that buy eyeglasses, chances are they're buying contact lenses or certainly a percentage of them will. And so this is a natural lever for them when it comes to figuring out how to use their uh, what their existing people and resources to do something again and to do it really well. And then I got thinking about uh, you as an entrepreneur. If you're listening to this, you, you have a team, you have some resources, Maybe your team is you, maybe your team is you plus 40, 50, 100 other people. But if you're looking to grow your business, then then the best place to start is to say to yourself, okay, so what is our company the best in market at? And once you've answered that question, you can begin to think of other products or services or customer experience improvements you can add to your business. But it also raises an interesting question that if you don't know whether or not your company is the best in market, then that's probably the best place for you to start if you're looking to grow your business. And I think Warby Parker, if you take the time to read up on them and understand their story a little bit, for example, when they first started, they drew, they physically on pieces of paper drew out what their website was going to look like. And then they ended up giving it to their friends and their family and saying, hey, what do you think of this? And then they just literally built their business one piece at a time, but all centered around the customer experience and rose to become best in their market. For you as an entrepreneur running a business, you need if you're looking to grow, start by taking an inventory and saying, what are we the best in the market at? If you don't know how to answer that question, then obviously you can't do something again that you've done really well once. You kind of got to go back a step and go, well, let's just decide to become the best in market at something. And let's make that our focus for however long it takes. And then once we've done that, then let's look to see how we might be able to do that again. And I don't think that lots of entrepreneurs take that question very seriously. What is our company the best in market at? And I don't believe that that's something that many entrepreneurs who are just trying to keep up every day really spend a lot of time... um, you know, spend a lot of uh, energy on. But if they did, it really does change the culture of the business. It changes the way your team talks to one another. It changes how you feel about your business when you wake up in the morning, uh, knowing that you're the best at something, and then each day trying to make sure that you continue to be the best. And then that obviously when you are the best at something, it opens the door into other opportunities. So I would encourage you if you're an entrepreneur, figure out what you're the best at and then figure out a way to do it to do it again, like Warby Parker. (laughs) All right, let's move along here. Uh, Rent the Runway. This was, man, I, some articles I just really enjoy uh, reading, some, some news headlines that, that kind of move through the business community in any given week, I find really refreshing. And Rent the Runway is a funny, is a funny one for me, because I've paid attention to the business for the last couple of years, because they just sort of always seem to pop up in the cycle of news that I listen to. And basically what they are, if you're not familiar with what they are, is they are a subscription clothing service where people can, uh, basically women in particular, can rent clothes. And you might think, well, who would rent their clothes? And the answer is, well, if you're um, if you're looking to uh, go to an evening gala or you're looking to go to a special event, uh, but you don't want to put out the money to purchase um, an outfit that you're only going to wear once or twice, 
then rent the enter into the equation, rent the runway, which will that's what they started with. They started with this idea that we could make uh, these pieces of clothing available to people that wouldn't don't really get excited about purchasing them, but would simply rent them for an event and pay for that. So that's kind of their business, subscription clothing, if you will. But but and you <laughs> and that may not get you very excited. You might not think that's very interesting. However, I thought it was pretty inventive and 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 creative be that they would come up with the idea of partnering with um, kind of a brand boutique, the, the, the W Hotel, which is a brand of the Marriott International Hotel chain. And Rent the Runway has partnered with the W Hotel to be able to make sure that um, Rent the Runway's customers or their subscribers have the opportunity to just have their clothes sent directly to their hotel room and have a bunch of outfits waiting for them. And the idea was that if you're making uh, short-term business trips, that you've got your clothes waiting for you there, it, it lightens your luggage load and it lightens kind of the the stuff that you got to carry around with you and all the hassle of moving your stuff around. And so I wasn't, I mean, I just thought it was interesting and creative and outside of the box where outside of the box thinking where Rent the Runway thought, how can we take what we're doing already for our customers, but do it in a different way that would take some friction out of a different part of their life. And so to do that, they decided to partner up with um, another company that kind of had, I think, the same, um, sort of the same view of taking friction out of people's lives and making life easier for folks. And uh, and this partnership is what I call a win-win because Rent the Runway is able to service their customers in a different way than how they normally do it. And the W Hotel brand is able to offer their customers or their guests a service that other hotels aren't offering. And so there's no real downside for either company. There's only upside for each company. But the upside... Um, is complementary to their core business. So whether the partnership does or doesn't work out doesn't really matter because it's not going to affect either of their core businesses. But if it does work, then that same customer is going to have a heightened experience, going to be um, very much uh, happy with their ability to that the, with the ability for someone else to have made their life easier, and it's going to reflect really well on both Rent the Runway and the W Hotel brand. And so what I thought for an entrepreneur was that partnerships um, are generally a low-cost way to improve your bottom line because typically a partnership is you working with uh, somebody else. Both of you can leverage each other's either customer or product or service to add value to one another. And it can be a really good point of leverage if you're looking to be a market leader uh, and capture kind of a disproportionate number of share, uh, a share of customers. So if you're a business and you compete with 10 other businesses and you all do it the same way, um, you offer, you know, you, you talk the same, you look the same, your products are the same, your services are the same, everything's the same all things being equal, if you in that group of 10, if, if you and uh, outside of your other nine competitors, if you took your business and partnered with someone else and brought something new to your customers that the other, your other nine competitors don't have, then you stand to gain a disproportionate amount of the customers simply because you're doing something different. And so um, partnerships are a great way um, to leverage what you have but it's um, and the easiest way to figure out what kind of partnerships to get into um, is to do, I think, what Rent the Runway did, which was to say, how can we do for our customers um, 
um, how can we how can we take what we do for our customers and do it in a in a different place or a different space for them? Um, you know, we do it online right now. We you know, for example, Rent the Runway says you know. We have subscribers, we send them outfits, we, we kind of logistically manage their wardrobe for them, and we do that inside of their home. Well, what if we could do that inside of a hotel room for them? And so in your business, um, the easiest place to begin uh, thinking through what partnerships might benefit your business is to understand what a- other activities your customers are engaged in and what uh, could be made easier by leveraging your particular products or services in a different way and then finding uh, some another company, another business to partner with so that it does in fact become um, does in fact become a win-win. So lots lots to think about there. Rent the runway just thought that was such a neat idea of partnering um, with the W um, hotels brand and figuring out a way to continue to service their customers, but to do it in a different space. And uh, for entrepreneurs listening to this, if you, you know, if you think you're in a competitive marketplace and in that example I gave where, you know, you have nine other competitors and all 10 of you are doing the same thing the same way, maybe with slight tweaks, maybe your ability to go and partner with another business to bring a new element to the customer experience uh, could really set you apart from your competition and could also help you take some of their customers. And so I thought that was kind of a neat way to to think through what Rent the Runway has done. And then lastly, kind of my last little talking head point here is um, I titled, my blog title was Every Business Has a Weak Spot, What's Yours? And it was based around this idea that um, uh, United Airlines has, you know, made the decision after a while, because uh, they're you know United Airlines has been in a turnaround for the last couple of years, that they decided to name a new CEO, and the fellow that they decided to name to this new position uh, not only had a a major role in turning around United Airlines and finding growth uh, and profitability, but he's also they've also decided he's kind of the best guy to deal with the two issues that. United Airlines is up against right now, which is the labor union contracts that are coming up for renewal, and then the Boeing 736 MAX airplane problems. And if you're not familiar with the Boeing 737 MAX, just a quick summary on that is uh, that the airplanes have some software problems, and and Boeing and the airlines, um, you know, they've had to ground these airplanes until they can solve solve this software problem or the issues that they're having. And so, if you're running if you're running a big organization like United Airlines, that's kind of a major problem. And so, what I what I thought this article spoke to for entrepreneurs that might be listening to this is that. Um, whether you're, you're United Airlines or you are running your own show, um, nothing in business ever ever happens perfectly. There's always something that's holding you back from getting to where you want to be. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's your ego, it's your pride. Other times it might be your lack of vision or your inability to, to fix the sales or the marketing or the operational challenges that you're having. But I thought there was something to be said about how focused this particular, this new CEO at United Airlines was. You know, he he was very specific about addressing the, the problems and turning United Airlines around. And, and now they've, because of the job he did, the board's decided that he's the guy to help deal with these two new problems that, that they're going to have to wrestle with over the coming year. And I thought that, you know, entrepreneurs, you, you just can't be good at everything. And the best entrepreneurs know what they're good at. Uh, and the best entrepreneurs figure out how to contribute meaningfully to their business, meaning 
it adds to the business, not takes away. Um, they figure out how to use their skills and contribute meaningfully to their business, but then they find other talented people to do the other things that they're not great at. And so they don't pretend to be good at everything and they don't pretend that they don't have any problems in their business. So unsuccessful entrepreneurs are, of course, their own worst enemy. And I put my hand in the air for that one because I certainly have gone through phases in my career where I have been my my own worst enemy, and I just simply have refused to acknowledge that I wasn't good at the things I obviously wasn't very good at. But if your business is being challenged right now, um, do you know why? Do you know specifically where the weakest spot in your business is? And are you the best person to fix that weak spot? Or is this your wake-up call to go, man, maybe I need to go and find someone to, that, that's better at this than I am to fix this particular problem that I'm having? And... Um, if you if you could identify that weak point, um, you know, could you identify what it would take to strengthen up the weakest point in your business, and then could you go and find that person? And so, uh, if you're struggling with finance, how could you find you know a, a, someone with a particular uh, finance background to help you? If you're struggling with sales, how could you go out and find um, a commoditized sales you know course or purse or, or 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 a salesperson who could help you? solve your sales problems. If it's marketing, if it's operational, as an entrepreneur, can you identify right now maybe the one or the three things that your business is is holding your business back from getting to where it wants, uh, where it needs uh, to get to? And um, I think entrepreneurs generally can talk easily about the things their business isn't very good at, but I don't know that they can, they, I don't, I haven't seen oftentimes where an entrepreneur is quick to say, Dylan, this is the one thing right now that we're trying to fix. This is the one problem we have right now that we're trying to fix. And once we fix that problem, here's the next problem that we're going to work on. I don't think most entrepreneurs running small and medium-sized businesses think like that. I think if your business is uh, in turmoil, then you're trying to <laughs> everything is weak and you're just trying to put out fires. If your business is doing fairly well right now and you're growing, then you don't really have a pressure point to think about where the weak spots are. Um, it takes sort of determination and focus and intent to want to run a better business and to identify the weakest things that would, if fixed, would have the largest uh, contribution to getting your business to where it needs to get to because um, every business has weak spots. No business is perfect. No leader, no entrepreneur is perfect. But the ability, but the difference between entrepreneurs that get somewhere and build profitable and valuable businesses are the entrepreneurs that keep uh, testing their assumptions figure out whether they're the right person to solve the problem. And if they're not, then they go and find the right person to solve their problem. And uh, and those leaders, quite frankly, are the best leaders to be working for as well. So folks on your team, um, appreciate the opportunity if, if you've brought them on because of their skills and their knowledge. If you give them the freedom and the autonomy to fix the problem and they do it well, then you can create a bunch of, you can create a, a pretty loyal uh, group of folks that will continue to support you as you move along. So Anyway, United Airlines, big, huge company. They've got rocks in their path that they're trying to move. Uh, as an entrepreneur listening to this, I'm certain you have rocks in your path that you're trying to move. And the question is, uh, first of all, do you know what those rocks are? And then secondly, are you the best person to move them or can you find somebody else? And that's all I've got on this week's uh, episode of News Entrepreneur's Experience. Uh, I love hearing from you. I love the, the messages that I get on LinkedIn, the text messages when I meet some of you in person. 
Uh, your your uh, kind words mean a lot. Uh, I I do this podcast to share some thoughts and really connect with entrepreneurs on a very personal uh, level to share ideas and to share things that once you're done listening to the episode, you can actually uh, walk away with either stone in your shoe or to feel encouraged or inspired to go in and, and do something that you were either reluctant to do or really weren't sure how to do. So uh, reach out to me, send me an email. If you're looking to fix, fund, or grow your business, uh, certainly I'd love to help. And I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. LinkedIn is usually the best way to do that. And uh, I sure hope that you tune in to next week's episode.